Congregation of Jesus Christ, we are looking at the life of David, and we are coming to the end of the summer, and over the summer we have looked at the story of the life of David, and here we, we come towards the end. The, the next uh, aspects of the life of David include his death, and, and so here towards the end of his whole life and, and all of the things that happened, we have this story, and we're going to conclude our study of David with, with this account, the account of David and his mighty men. Our text is the words of verse 10 that uh, began our reading, sets the uh, context of this list, and it has this insight that all of these mighty men together with all Israel, gave his, that's David's kingship, strong support to extend it over the whole land as the Lord had promised. We want to keep that in mind, and I want you especially to keep in mind if we make just a little adjustment to this statement in terms of its application for us this morning. If I said to you, uh, we, we together with all Christians, give Jesus kingship, strong support to extend it over the whole land as God has promised. That's not a, a huge change, but that's a similar vision that we are going to reflect on this morning. This is our text, the text that we have before us. We begin, though, by looking at the fact that here in 1 Corinthians 11, these are amazing people. The particular people mentioned here in 1 Corinthians 11 are remarkable. They came alongside David and they are highlighted as people who contributed tremendously to establishing him as king. The first one is mentioned alone, Jashobim. It says here, in uh, the initial presentation of this one man, the main, the mightiest of the mighty men, it says here in the one Chronicles that he actually withstood the attack of 300 people. In first or Second Samuel 23, which is the parallel passage, it says 800. And in fact, that's most likely the correct number, that he stood against 800 as the enemy was attacking. And, and the picture is more or less like the second example, too, where, where Israel was being attacked by the Philistines and they were fleeing and he took his stand and he defeated the enemy to the point where Israel came back and won a victory. But he was the central one who made that possible. Then, when it mentions in verse 14, Eliezer, you have two. So there was one, one very strong central person. Eliezer is mentioned not by himself, but with someone else, with David, in fact. And it's the picture of the two men defending a strategic position. And again, fighting together, back-to-back -back strong, and winning the victory as God's people 
were drawn back and able to move forward and were victorious. Verse 15 moves to three. You have one and then two and then three together. The three mighty men. And the third one is not even mentioned here in Chronicles. In 2 Samuel, it's a, a man named Shammah. And so together, those three were made a, a significant statement around this, this glass of water, this jug of water, that, that this is highlighted as something they, they went against a Philistine garrison, so it wasn't the full Philistine army, but it was a significant group, several hundred, maybe a thousand, an advanced garrison, and these three broke through fighting and made their way to the well and got the water and brought it back to David. This is, this is a picture of, of an event. What, what was, this wasn't a battle. This was, was simply an act of strength. It was an act of faith. And so the aspect of faith, David was born in Bethlehem. David's kingship was, was signified in Bethlehem. We read from 1 Samuel how he was anointed by Samuel in Bethlehem. And at this point in David's thinking about and, and that God was going to make him king, he wasn't sure anymore. He was wondering, definitely. And when he called out to, uh, in the hearing of these men to drink water from Bethlehem, to to be refreshed in the vision of the kingdom that God is giving to me, that God is establishing, to be refreshed in the sense that God is strong and will overcome the enemy. And these three men just not say, oh, we are strong, we will show off, we will get this water for him. But, but by faith, they, he needs to be strengthened in faith. We will do what we need to do to strengthen him. And they are a mighty act of faith displayed here. Abishai, we've heard before in terms of with uh, Shimei. As Shimei is throwing dirt and mud and rocks on David, and Abishai says, let me go cut off his head. Abishai was one of the great warriors as well, protecting David and having the vision of what God was doing through David. And then uh, Benaiah, we don't hear so much about him until a little bit later. He does uh, work uh, also among those who are with David. And you notice, especially at the end of the reading, that, that he performed great things and, and that he is put over the bodyguard. The bodyguard of David was those 30 who were then also called to protect David. And why did they protect David? Because they were, they were protecting the vision. The vision of what God was doing through David. And so you have these mighty, mighty men, but within that context of, of faith. So it says very specifically too, these together with all Israel gave David's kingship strong support to extend it over the whole land as the Lord had promised. And so these, these heroic figures are present. I remember as a young boy 
sitting in church, my father was preaching and, and, and thinking about Bible stuff and Bible stories, and then I would sometimes just read stuff, and, and I would read this passage too, because it's neat, and it reminds you too of superheroes. And, and in the one hand, too, when, when you read this and you think about heroes, you, you might think too, these people were, were somehow superpower kind of folks. And so you could compare them even to what we have so commonly have in mind. And, and it was nice with Wayne, he mentioned too about the, the superheroes that are, are put forward in our culture. Um, not too long ago, the pastors, we, we read together. We have uh, every month we read a book. And, and one of the pastors came across a book, uh, Our Gods Wear Spandex. And it's a, a modern look at the modern superheroes. And it gives a, a bit of background to the superheroes. And, and it's, it's quite fascinating. Just the two that Wayne mentioned, just Batman for one, is very familiar, very common. What is the thing about him that, that makes him so heroic? He is just a human being. But then just to share with you the details, what, what is it about him that makes him so, so amazing? And the thing about him is he, he has no special powers. The, the most striking detail is that he, as a human being, seeks perfection as a human being. And so he's totally, totally human, but, but he has trained physically to be the, the, the most agile, better than any Olympic athlete, stronger than anyone within his own physical. He trains and he becomes the strongest, the best. He also, if you, if you look at the history of, of Batman, what's expected of him, he knows all of the martial arts, all 127 martial arts, judo and taekwondo and tai chi and everything. He knows them all. And so he has, he has developed himself to a point of perfection, and he's also a genius. He is brilliant. So in terms of his physical strength and his mind, as a human being, he is as perfect a human being as any human being could be. That's, that's the thing about Batman. And so people would say, too, if we were like that, or if someone like that was with us, then, then things would go well, right? And then evil could be defeated, and then all would be well. In contrast, uh, the Superman side of things is, is that human human perfection to more of an alien. So Superman is not human, he's Krypton, but in, in the sense of, of taking the Batman figure and elevating it to, to almost divine, though it's from another planet. So Superman, though some of the interesting things about him, yeah, he's basically, he, he can't be killed, he lives eternally, he never, he doesn't need to rest or eat, it's like Psalm 121. He's, he's brilliant. His analytical mind is beyond anything we can imagine. He is the strongest physical presence in the entire universe. And, and he is not, he is not evil or tempted by evil. He is perfectly good. So if you have someone like that, that, that would then, then, then he overcomes evil, right? He is the one. He is a godlike person. And so 
those are present. So if you think about superheroes and you think, boy, these mighty men of David were like that, what are the mighty men of David like? Well, I, I suggest to you, if we look just at the ordinary, an ordinary soldier, do we have an ordinary Israelite soldier here? Here, just an average guy. An average guy. If you think about these, these, these mighty men of David, like they, they, were, they were soldiers, they were trained, uh, they were somewhat physically fit. I don't think they, they were anywhere near Olympic athletes at all. They were ordinary folk. And that as, as they came together around David and as they reflected on who he was, they were struck by one thing. They were struck by the strength of his faith and they entered into the strength of faith. The strength of faith is stronger than all other things. And so when they actually go forward in faith, when they have the, the, the clear understanding that God is giving David the kingdom and God is establishing his kingdom and that they can be part of that, then they end up being used powerfully. Probably even more than they uh, expect. Like they are ready to do what they need to do. But it's, it's not at all the sense of, oh, I'm the strongest here and I will just make everything and do everything. It's, it's always focused on who God is and trusting in him. We saw that already in David when we read early on in our look at the stories of David, David and Goliath. And there, David very much nothing, a boy. And yet, the strength of faith, trusting in God, going forward, and God providing great victory. So that continues to be the underlying premise here as these particular heroes are presented. So Jashobim, he was a hero of faith. And Eliezer and Shammah with him, when they got to water, it wasn't just that David was a little finicky, that he liked Bethlehem water. It was an act of faith that they went forward and God protected them and provided the encouragement for David so he could perform a, a, a spiritual encouraging act where he poured out that water and recognized God's presence and power in his life. Always God's strength and purpose was at the heart of it. Abishai and Benaiah too, men of faith, answering the call of God and going forward in faith, doing great things. So they, together with all Israel, gave strong support to David, establishing the kingdom as the Lord had promised. The context of 1 Corinthians 11 is picked up in Hebrews 11. And it's nice, it's the same. 1 Corinthians 11, Hebrews 11. The heroes of faith. That's really what is working here. And in Hebrews 11, it begins already with Abel and Enoch and with Noah. Noah, who stood against an evil world that laughed at him and said to, why are you building an ark? 
because God is establishing a kingdom. And from there, you have others mentioned. Joshua, who stood against the walls of Jericho. Gideon, Barak, Samson. There's a whole list of people who were strong in faith and used by God. And that's really what is coming into view here. As the story of David goes forward, it's not that, oh, we should be like David, though in many ways he was admirable, in many ways he was not. But that we would be also people of faith, trusting in God. And as we do that, then we look specifically to the center of our faith, Jesus himself. And it's, it's, it's really interesting how if, if you look in our world, people looking for heroes, great heroes, and even these imaginary heroes like Batman and Superman. But Jesus himself is then the, the power of God, and he is the most perfect human being. He... Batman tried to be perfect as a human being, his mind, his body, everything. Jesus, we read, is the perfect human being. He was without sin. He was perfect in every way as God designed a human being to be. If you're looking for someone like that, you're looking at Jesus. And then, in contrast, he, he too, come from heaven, true God, all-powerful, never needs to rest, never needs to sleep. No force in the universe is stronger than Jesus, the divine Son of God. He, uh, Superman can hear any voice and recognize it. Jesus hears all of our voices and knows us when we cry out to him. Superman can see with his x-ray eyes through everything and see everybody in the world. Jesus is with us always, sees us in his, in his full divinity, God everywhere. Jesus is that completely perfect, powerful presence of God that we can put our hope, our trust in. And he's real. And he's really with us. And he really continues to work in and through us. And so we become part of his vision, his work, his life, his ministry. That's his will. Even as he worked through David and through the ones who he called alongside David. And we see that as well, I think, if you're thinking about David's mighty man, the three, and then you think about Jesus, and then you think of the three disciples. There were three main disciples, Peter, James, and John. Hey. And they were, they were gifted in, in a little more sense of, of being called to particular things, and, and they... They'd served in, in just that little more special way. Some of the other disciples you don't hear about so much. These three you do, like the three mighty men. The one, who would be the one in terms of Jesus? I would suggest to you maybe the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, who wasn't part of the 12 disciples, but when God needed someone to go out and plant a church, he called Paul. One individual who was strong in faith beyond the other disciples who, who hadn't really grasped the significance of going out into all the world. And Paul went and planted churches throughout 
Asia and into Europe and, and did mighty things. And, and what was he? He says, too, I, was, I couldn't speak well. He talks about himself. He was, he was not able to write well. He, he, all kinds of things, but strong in the faith, used by God. So looking at 1 Corinthians 11, thinking about Jesus as our center, seeing those who were called to serve him, and then especially when it says at the end, along with all Israel. In our text, it says we, uh, they together with all Israel. And so we ourselves too, all the people, everyone was called to get involved. Now all people are not equal in their gifts and abilities. Some people have greater gifts and some people have other opportunities than we might. That doesn't keep us from recognizing we too are called to be strong in faith and to be ready to serve our Lord where he might call us. And God doesn't measure us by what he has helped others do. Others do more than I do. Well, that doesn't matter. God says what he wants you to do with the abilities and opportunities he has given you. You stand strong in faith. That's the calling. When we read something like this, everyone is encouraged, directed to come by, come alongside Jesus in that service. Instruments in God's hand. So that reality, together we, with all Christians, are called to give strong support to Jesus to establish his kingdom as the Lord has promised. We continue in that work. And there are many examples of that even today as the church goes forward. There's various people who do maybe stand out more. We might think of names of, of Christian leaders, Billy Graham and others, who, who have done significant things. We all are called, and we know too, those around us who have stood strong in the faith in places where we are called as well to stand strong and that God continues to work in and through us to build his kingdom. That's as we go forward again into this week where God is calling you and me to serve him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for establishing that hope of your kingdom in this world and that we see it even as a church that you have gathered here, here in Bethel, and here as believers coming together and that you have also wor already worked powerfully in many ways and in many lives, Lord, people have already, in terms of this very church, uh, given of themselves in wonderful ways through all the years, the 60 years that have been uh, uh, here, the immigrants coming, traveling, and establishing a church here in this place. And Lord, we can even see among ourselves just the uh, confidence of faith that we share and that in difficult times too, we can take uh, hold together of your strength Lord, we thank you that you have provided in so many ways. We continue to place our lives at your service and that also as uh, older people, younger people, all of us gathered here, that you continue to call and to use us as we are faithful. Lord, make us faithful and strong, always trusting in you in all we live and say and do to your honor and glory. In Jesus we pray, amen. We're going to sing as a song of response number 448 is from 
Psalm 121, putting our trust in the Lord God Almighty. And we'll stand to sing the stanzas of 448.